Greetings, everyone. Welcome to episode 124 of the Masterclass. My name is Cam Brennan, and I am, as always, with Dave. Yes, What's sir. Up? Hey. I usually give you like some stupid nickname or something, and I decided against <laughs> that at the last second tonight. Trying to be a little more professional, you know. Oh, I gotcha. Sounds good. So, how are you, man? What's up? I, you know, I'm doing well. I had, um, you know, it was a good day. It was an okay day. I just had, didn't have a lot of patience for people today. So, <laughs> should I ask why, or should we just leave it at that? I, I think we'll just leave it at that. So, nothing, nothing super negative. Nothing. It just there are just some days where I don't like humans. That's fair. <laughs> so. Yeah. How are you doing? You know, I am, I'm well. Good. Uh, things are, things are looking, I just, I feel better in general about life right now. That's good. Uh, which is a welcome feeling, frankly. Yeah. To be, you know, uh, positive and looking forward to the future and, you know, like I still don't have a job. Got a rejection email today, but I'm kind of at the point like for me where it's like, I'm doing what I can do in applying for jobs and trying to be present to the people in my life that are here. And I'm just gonna let that be enough. Like, you know, the, what, what do we always say? The, uh, the outcomes are up to God. Yeah. E- easier said than done. Right. But it's like one of those things where it's like, so one of the things that we've been uh, learning at church um, is like, you can only control what you can control. Very true. And, and that's, I think, much less than what we actually want to believe. Right. And so the, the issue, or, or not the issue, the, the idea is, is that God calls us to trust him, right, in, in all things. And so... When we worry or when we have, um, you know, anxiety over things, it's essentially us not trusting God to do what he says he's going to do. Yep. And so one of the ways that we can like reframe how we think about stuff is like, I can only do what I can do. I can't do what I can't do. And that's like where my trust in God begins. And so I do what I can do. And then I trust God for the rest. And so like all, I, I can't force someone to hire me. I can't, you know, all I can do is apply and yes. talk to people and get to know people and network as they say, but the rest is up to God. I'm okay with that now, which is weird. Like I feel, I just feel, I just feel better about life. So that's good. The long answer to your question. Yeah. That's where I'm at. So this is one of those things that. Again, it's, it's always kind of easy to, from a 2020 or when you're not in the moment, but, um, I, I have found I've become somewhat impatient with Christians who say they want clarity or even, um, people who make a profession out of bringing clarity to those that are Christians and mother, there's a mother Teresa quote where I can't remember who it was, basically asks her for, she says, how can I pray for you? And he says, I'm, I pray for clarity. 
And she says, oh, I never have clarity. I'm not going to pray for clarity for you. I'm going to pray that you trust God. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was very interesting that that is what you just articulated, that it was about trusting God because, yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot of clarity, you know, even with the stories that we read in, in scripture and, and just even my experiences with other Christians that, um, and I, I'm not saying it's a bad thing and I'm not saying you shouldn't want it, but, uh, I think trust is a better word. Yeah. For sure. So that's kind of where I'm at. And that's what's been, you know, bouncing around in my head a lot lately is just like, how am I, how am I trusting God? How am I not trusting God? How am I overreaching to try and control things that I have no business controlling? Um, How am I, how am I worrying about things that I don't need to worry about? Um, And just trying, trying to like, uh, audit my behaviors mm-hmm. and trying to be real with myself as much as, as much as like self-awareness can actually be truly reflective of what's happening. Um, like there's always a slight bias towards I'm not that bad or I can, you, like you said, I can handle more than or control more than I actually can. Um, so it's just, it's been interesting. It's been really good and yeah, you know, good. I feel, I feel light. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you're in that place. It's a good place to oh, be. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see what happens, but yeah. <laughs> how true. Yeah. All right. So, um, any other, uh, topics or business we need to attend to before we jump into the old Bible? Nothing at the top, off the top of my head that comes to mind. Okay, let's do it then. Let's just, uh, let's dive in to Romans. We're still in chapter five and we're going to try and get through verses 12 through 17 tonight, but we'll see what happens like usual. Would you like to read or would you like me to read it? I'd be happy to read. And I, I just have to say that I just opened, like, so I, you know, you click on your phone and you catch something and I just realized that somebody that I went through the police academy tonight was his last day at work. He just sent an email saying bye to everybody. And I was like, Oh, I would have talked to him today. I saw him and I didn't say anything. <laughs> I didn't realize it was his last day. He's moving, you know, more police officers. He's going to the Kansas Bureau of investigation. So he's kind of moving on to a good position. Excited for him. So the KBI, the KBI. So, all right, we're at Romans 5, and we're doing 12 through 17. Correct. And I am reading as we usually do from the ESV. So, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass, for it, if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. 
And the free gift is not like the result of that one, one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Thank you, sir. Yeah, it doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. No, and this is, I think, one, it's really, really like abstract thinking here, right? We've, we're, we're comparing Jesus to Adam and, and one man's sin. Like I wanted to, I just remembered this. I thought about it like the other day. I wanted to make a bit of a chart. Maybe I'll do it while, while you're talking. I have, an, I have a notebook here. I can write it out to try and like clarify all of this language and like what's being applied to Jesus and what's being applied to Paul or sorry, to Adam, you Mm -hmm. know, the trespass and the sin and the free gift and trying, trying to delineate so we can see the clear, like the comparison of the two, but the clear differentiation between the two. Um, so that might be something I can, I can sketch out here in my, my nasty handwriting and, uh, hopefully it'll be beneficial to those on the live stream. Um, if it if it seems beneficial, I might take a picture of it and put it in the show notes for people that you know are listening, like normal podcast listeners. Um, this is really weird having to talk about the podcast and the live stream is two separate things. We're gonna have to get used to that, I think. Um, all right, so man, where to where to begin? Um, all right, I want to read something from uh, the. New International Commentary on the New Testament, the Romans edition by Douglas J. Moo, which is a very interesting name. Yes, it is. And uh, it's for the benefit of our viewers. It is not a small book. My head's enormous and this book is like <laughs> just as big. And it, it probably weighs, I would venture to guess, 10 pounds. Close wow. to it. Um, and he says this kind of in his introductory introductory um, paragraph or pages about this section of Romans that I thought was very interesting. Uh, He says, all people Paul teaches stand in relationship to one of two men whose actions determine the eternal destiny of all who belong to them. Either one belongs to Adam and is under sentence of death because of his sin or disobedience, or one belongs to Christ and is assured and is assured of eternal life because of his righteous act or his obedience. And so he goes on to say, Christ's act is able completely to overcome the effect of Adam's uh, so that we know the reign of death has been completely and finally overcome by the reign of grace, righteousness, and eternal life. And so I thought that was just a really, really um, intelligent and, and good way of kind of, summing up what Paul's getting at here so we can kind of see that as the overview and, and then dive into it further in the discussion. Um, but that constant comparison in this passage between Adam and sin and death and transgression and condemnation compared against Christ and salvation and justification and righteousness and all that stuff. Like this is kind of like, the fundamentals of what Jesus came to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And like why it matters. This is like a huge, 
it's a huge concept to understand. And I think that's why Paul, you know, really gets nitty gritty with his writing here about this and that and comparing. And it gets kind of hard in English too, especially with this translation. Um, Cause some of these sentences are pretty, uh, pretty deep, but just like, I think Paul is so intent or you know, this is, this is my obviously interpretation of what a dead guy did a long, long time ago, but like, this is such an important and crucial piece of what Jesus did and why he did it and to what end he did it for, um, that I think it's worth going into the, you know, the repetitiveness here to kind of make the point, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't a very confident thing. <laughs> really? Okay. We'll just keep going. Then. Let's just get back to the Bible. So verse 12 says, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin. And so death spread to all men because all sinned. So I think what, what I want to talk about to get your, your thoughts and opinions on is this concept that sin entered the world through one man, but because of that sin, death occurred like the tie between sin and death, which I think I don't necessarily always think about it. Like I know it, but death is just so like normal. Right. Almost that it's hard to remember that the two were tied together. Um, so I don't know what you think about that, but for me, when I'm like, oh, it's just a little sin, it's just a white lie, or it's not one of the biggies, you know, I didn't kill anyone. I think what would be helpful for me to remember is like, all sin is sin and sin equals death. Right. You know, so yeah, that, that, that little sin in serious air quotes is like, well, that's, that's still it's, death. It's still death. Yes. Which is. You know, that's a lot more um, concrete. That's something I can, like, relate to, right? Mm -hmm. This whole idea of, like, sin and righteousness and, like, all the spiritual aspect of it is really hard to relate to because it's spiritual. It's not physical, right? But death, it doesn't get more physical than death, right? Right. And and that's just, like, a worldly view of death. You take into consideration the Christian view of death and what comes after it. Mm -hmm. then it's nothing gets more physical and more spiritual than death. Um, so yeah, I just, to me, it's very interesting to wonder why I don't equate sin and death as closely as scripture clearly does in many, 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 many spots. Um, yeah, I don't know. Dave, you talked for a while. I'm not doing a good job tonight. <laughs> Well, no, I, I guess, um, I, I am in, in the same boat of, I do not readily equate, uh, death with sin. Uh, although like you said, that is very much what a scriptures clearly says, uh, is the case and probably have not spent a lot of time contemplating the idea of the fact that sin and death entered the world as we know it basically simultaneously when when Adam sinned and 
I, I, yeah, I don't think I've spent a whole lot of time really contemplating that fact. Um, and it, that's a, that's a very serious, uh, um, you know, um, concept that sin and death go hand in hand, like you said, and we do, we tend to, uh, have a kind of a, a scale for where we put sin and the, that, and it really is, it's all the same and it all equals death. And, um, it, it it's easy to justify sin. It's kind of hard to justify death. If that even makes any sense, but say that one more time. So like I can justify, well, I'm sinning against God, right? I can, well, I'm going to just tell a, a white lie. I'm going to, I'm going to do this little thing that everybody does. Mm-hmm. But then if I really put it on the level that it should be at of the wages of sin is death. I don't like, I have a hard, like, even as I'm saying it, I have a hard time completely making that leap. Like, it's like, I, I there's still a disconnect for me of, of, uh, if I really treated sin as equal to death, I think I would treat it differently. Yes, I agree. So, and I don't. We're weird. Is it, is it disbelief or uncertainty that causes us to not equate the two together? You know, like, I don't know. Sorry. I'm not, I'm not good, good at podcasting, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, you are. Uh, but, you know, and then I guess there's even like, I even just sort of have a little bit of a hang up in saying, like, I feel like this was the plan all along. Like, I'm I'm sort of in that, like, you knew Adam was going to sin. You knew sin was going to enter in the world. Like, was really Garden of Eden forever, ever an option? And maybe that's not fair, but. Well. Well, okay, let me back up a little bit here. God knew that this was an option, right? That Adam could sin, mm-hmm. but with the element of free will in there, right? He had the choice to do it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a foregone conclusion that he would. God certainly had a plan in place should he decide to do it. But I do think that God's ultimate desire was for the Garden of Eden to have been it. Right. But, it, I mean, it all comes down to the free will thing, right? Now, if you're a good Calvinist, then, then that argument doesn't work for you because, you know, everything's predetermined um, that this would happen. But that's like the part of Calvinism I just can't get down with is, you know, the, the concept of free will and that that we have a say in you know, how things go is a really important thing because if God wanted the Garden of Eden to be it forever and not have the possibility of what happened actually happen, then then we'd be robots, right? We'd be his minions. But what if he just didn't put the tree of knowledge of good and evil? Then we'd be really dumb minions, Dave. So, so here's, I guess... The, the second, like, I apologize. I have like all these thoughts running through my head tonight that aren't necessarily uh, maybe good discussion. Uh, so Satan 
and, and the angels, did they fall before creation? I mean, that's why Satan is in the garden because his, him getting kicked out of heaven happened prior to the garden of Eden. Right. So if Satan and a third of the angels were able to make a free will choice where only those that made the choice got kicked out and then the Mm -hmm. two thirds who didn't follow Satan got to stay. Why, when Adam sins in the garden of Eden, does it suddenly apply to everybody? Because, oh, so, okay. So yeah, so there's, I was literally, oh my gosh, I was watching Ozarks on Netflix. Don't watch it. It's awful. I watched like Ozark? two episodes. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I've watched it and I'm not a huge. No, I've watched like two episodes and I'm just like, mm, there's no redeeming qualities to any single character in the show. You're all horrible people. I, um, that's how I, that's how I felt about breaking bad. I just, I can't do it. Like there's just, this is just pure awful. Anyways. Um, She's standing, she's driving, and she looks out the window, and apparently she's someone from her past, and he's a street preacher now, and he's got his little baby there, and he's saying in the show that Adam and Eve was not the original sin. The original sin was Satan oh, interesting. falling. Um, but to your point, so I just that was a weird connection that just happened in my head, but to your point, I think why it matters that Adam did it, more so than, I mean, obviously Satan big character, right? He's got a big role to play, mm-hmm. but we are not angels and angels are not us. Like we are different beings altogether. And so I think why Adam's sin and Eve's sin matters so much is because we're human. We are his descendants. And if it applies, you know, I don't know if angels procreate, I don't know how that works, but I'm assuming if they do, then the same goes for, Satan's babies. That might've been a weird way to say that. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I don't think they do procreate, but yeah, I don't, I don't think so either, but I guess, I mean, to your point, why, like why Adamson matters so much is because it directly impacts the rest of God's physical creation. Mm-hmm. Satan, like I said, certainly has, has a big role to play in, and that affects the spiritual side of things because Satan can only do so much in the physical world. Like he's not God's opposite. He's one of God's creations that has gone rogue. Yes. Um, It's not like, you know, he's on equal footing with God. That's not the case. He is, he is fully, you know, under God. Um, He's just trying to be God himself. Right. So I don't know. Did, Did I, did I at all answer what you were getting at? Yeah. And I think that's even kind of, as I was asking the question, what was in the back of my mind of just, um, I think creation in particular, you know, the earth and, and who we are, are different than the angels and God had a different purpose, uh, for each of them and for each of us. And I still think it is somewhat interesting though, that it is different Mm -hmm. and not, not, not trying to be anything beyond just that's interesting that, you know, Adam sinned and it affects all of us. Yeah. But I mean, Satan sinned and that affects all of us too. He's out there trying to get every single one of us on his side, whether we want to be there or not. Right. But I guess with Adam, I mean, this verse specifically says sin came into the world and death through sin. 
so death spread to all men because all sinned. So I like I kind of feel like there was never this option to not sin because Adam sinned. Like I was kind of brought in. Oh yeah, we were broken the moment we were born. Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean it's it's like pretty ubiquitous, right? Just it's everywhere. <laughs> sin here, sin there. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I'm just picturing you know, how Oprah gives away all that stuff. You get a, you know, and you, you know, get sin. Like, you get sin. Yeah. Whenever a baby's conceived, it's like, and you get some sin, and you get some sin, <laughs> and sin for everybody. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is what my brain does. It makes silly, silly correlations. All right. So, uh, verse 13 for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. That's a weird sentence. I know. So yes, we've established sin was in the world before, um, the law was established. This makes sense. Sin was in the world. The second Adam, you know, or even, you know, Satan fell, however you want to deal with that. But the tricky part to me is where it says, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Mm-hmm. There's multiple ways to go on that one. So does that mean that everyone who lived before the law was given goes to heaven and doesn't go to hell because their sin wasn't counted? Does it mean that sin isn't counted because they don't know any better? So how can they count what they don't know? Well. Obviously, they had to know something because God flooded the earth, right? Before the law. So, I mean, there's there's clearly some degree of God feeling like there's knowledge of, you know, and even just Cain, when he, Cain and Abel, you know, there's definitely a, a sense of I've done something wrong and so I guess the question is, is, is it counted against them? Which I think might right. be, I think might even be the NI, how the NIV says it. NIV says no sin, sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. But then the, I guess we probably could just go on to the next verse. But yeah, yeah. death reigned from Adam to Moses even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who's a type of the one who was to come. So, okay. So sin was not counted against their account as the NIV puts it yet death reigned. So like the results of sin still had an effect, right? Or mm-hmm. sorry, I should say the effects of the sin were still present, but it wasn't counted against them. So, so Cain, Kills his brother, still gets to go to heaven. Is that what we're saying? I I don't know if I'm prepared to say that, and I'm glad that ultimately God's the one that has to decide those. <laughs> um, because it was uh, reference your law sandwich that you discussed a couple of episodes ago, where there was the faith and then the law and then faith. I believe that yes sin still was counted against people. And I, and I would suspect that there's an element of 
to what degree did they have faith and, and believe in God and pursue him? And there's a God equation there that I can't even begin to comprehend. So um, I guess before the law, I think there still was consequences for sin on that with, with an eternal implications. So I guess then when it says, but sin is not counted where there is no law, you're not taking the interpretation of it just, it's just washed clean. You're, you're taking a different interpretation. I am taking a different than it just being clean. Cause, cause I mean the other, the other interpretive option is like, I mean, it's easier in the ESV than it would be in the NIV where it says it's not counted against their account. Like that's, you're kind of stuck in a box with that one. It seems like, um, but if it says, um, but sin is not counted where there is no law, then it, you know, it would be a lot, you know, it would be easier to go, oh, it's not, like I said earlier, it's not counted because it's not known. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't count what you can't see or feel or know, mm-hmm. you know, like I could have cancer and could have 13 tumors in my body, but if I don't know that I have cancer and I don't have uh, the ability to see it, then I can't know how many tumors. Like it just, it doesn't, I can't know because I don't have the knowledge to know that it's impossible mm-hmm. for me to know. And so that would be, you know, a second interpretive option here. Um, I meant to read that part of this book to see what he said, but I forgot to do that. And now I'm kind of mad at myself because <laughs> here we are tossing around interpretive options like we're both, you know, Greek scholars. So, sorry. <laughs> so anyways, I think that's really all we can say on that because, again, we're not Greek scholars and I didn't do the uh, the research that I wanted to. Um, but, but alas, death reigned. Yes. So like the effects, the effects of sin were still readily present in the lives of everybody. Um, but the free gift is not like the trespass for if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ abandoned for many. That is the hardest sentence grammatically in this entire (laughs) need some commas in there, boys. Come on. (laughs) So the free gift of Jesus is not like the sin of Adam for if many died through Adam's sin, much more has the grace of God abounded uh, for many. So if Adam's sin has had such an effect on the entirety of humanity and therefore the rest of, you know, creation on earth, luckily we haven't been able to get interplanetary yet and spread our disease into the galaxy too far. But if Adam's sin has spread death throughout the entirety of humanity. That's a big deal, right? There's what, 7 billion people on the planet right now, let alone Mm -hmm. the millions upon millions upon maybe even billions of people that have lived previously. Well, definitely billions. What am I talking about? That have lived previously. That's like the single most influential thing in history until you get to Jesus he's the only thing that can trump the results of Adam's sin. Mm-hmm. Cause he 
as far as I'm aware, is the only person slash God in history that knows how to stop what Adam started, that has provided a way out from that, that has gotten uh, uh, provided a way out of the death, that has provided a way to be right with God again. And funnily enough, he did it by dying. But then guess what? He came back to life a few days later, proving that death is no longer the final say. Mm-hmm. That it is not it is not the, you know, the end of your story. And it's pretty poetic if you think about it that way, that God created, man sinned, sin is death. God therefore sent his son to die. Right. To suffer to suffer the sin, then rose from the dead back to life, proving he has the power over the sin, mm-hmm. and then offers us that same way out. And it's just like, and that's why I think this is such a pivotal part of Paul's you know story here in Romans is like, this is the base level of what life is: mm-hmm. sin and death. You. Everyone does it. It's everywhere because you're a human. You, you do it too. This is your, this is your goal or your, this is your destiny. Death. Mm-hmm. Condemnation. Your only way out of that is through the free gift, as he says here, by the grace of God. That's, that's your only option. And it's, it's just crazy. I mean, I, I wish I had a more eloquent, eloquent way of saying it, but like, that's just how it feels to me is you just think, man, that is the, the quintessential put your money where your mouth is move. I'll die for you. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I, d- I don't, I don't, I don't deserve it, but because I made you in my image and because I want to be with you, in the way that was intended where, where, you know, again, back to the reconciliation thing we talked about in previous episodes, I want things to be made right. And the only way for them to be made right is for me to finally conquer death for you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's just super heavy to think about. I mean, we, we toss around these phrases, you know, sing songs like, oh, death, where's your sting? <laughs> it's like, yo, man, death is serious. And when you lose, when someone you love dies, it's very hard. Like, I remember when um, my dad's mom, my grandma, her husband died. I remember watching her clinging to his casket. And it's the worst noise I've ever heard a human make. Mm. The the grief and pain and finality and loss and just desperation to have that person back, knowing they're gone forever. Mm-hmm. And to hear the despair and like it was like I still that image is burned into my brain. Um watching someone with no hope. She's not she she was not at that point a Christian. Um, this was like five years ago. Mm. Um, and just watching someone who had lived such a long life 
see the end of it for someone that was, you know, the most dear to her. Mm-hmm. And just watching her inability to handle what that meant was that was just tragic and like it it hurt to watch oh yeah and so she she came to church a little while after that stayed at church for a while and then stopped going so i don't really know you know what her situation is but i mean death will death can change a person not the person that dies, obviously, but like, <laughs> you know, she, she was as adamant a person about not going to church as you'll find. She wound up there after her yeah. died. So that is definitely true. Anyways, I got super distracted by that. I don't remember where we were. I'm just, I can't get that image out of my head now. So yeah, the free gift is not like the trespass. A lot of people are, uh, if many died through the sin, Many more will be saved through God. And the free gift is not like the result of Adam's sin. Uh, For the judgment following, the original sin brought condemnation, but the free gift following many, 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 many sins brought justification. So, like, again, this is just Paul proving Adam, big impact, Jesus, even bigger impact. Yes. Whatever whatever Adam's sin caused, the death and burial and resurrection of Christ covers all of that and more, which is really good news, Dave. Maybe that's why they called it the good news. <laughs> Could be. That might be just, a, just a hunch. I don't know. What do you think about this stuff? I've been talking a lot. Uh, so um, one of the things was, you know, when you read from the commentary talking about everybody is you're in one camp or the other. You're either in the Adam camp or you're in the Jesus camp. And it's such a, I'm dumbfounded by this idea of sinner entered the world through Adam. And we need God's grace. And it's, it talks about it being a free gift and that multiple places, it's a free gift by grace. It's a free gift, not the result And yet, you really have to be brought to a place where you can see your sin to be willing to accept that free gift. Like, there's kind of this, like, why do I need that gift? I think mentality uh, from many people. And just to be okay with the idea of being a sinner and that there's not a God and that I don't need all of that. Um, it, it is quite a frightening, um, I, I am incredibly grateful that that is not me because it's, it's, there's, there's sort of a, how do you convince somebody that they need, they need something that they think they don't need, that they don't see it has, uh, any value. And, um, it's a great point. So, yeah. This reminds me very much of, uh, there's a church um, in Olathe that used to have a billboard right outside of Gardner 
uh, getting on the highway. Uh-huh. And it said, it said, Jesus will change your life. Right. Church name, website. And I remember seeing that and just getting really, really angry because to me, it was the most ineffective use of a billboard I've ever seen. <laughs> what if I don't want my life to change? Right. What, why, why do I want some strange man named Jesus? That's a weird name. Why, why do I want him changing my, my life? Why, why do I need to go to your church website to change my life? Like I'm good to me. It's so missed the boat of what most people uh, experience. Like, yes, there's people in, in bad situations that want change. Great. That billboard might work for them, but for the majority of people change is the enemy. Mm-hmm. And to your point, convincing someone to receive a gift they don't know they need convincing people that this is the change that's good. Yeah. I mean, to your point, like it has to be the Holy spirit, right? Like a person has to be brought to the point in their life where they have that honest moment of realizing their, their stance before God and no amount of Bible bashing or, you know, church block parties or whatever is going to do that for someone. It's going to be God working through, I mean, blinding them on the way to Damascus in Paul's case, right? Like (laughs) physical intervention or God working through people in their life. Mm -hmm. And it's not like, Oh, you know, uh, Joe over here, save me so god worked through joe to get that person's attention and you know doesn't matter how how convincing you are how um good of a salesman you are right you're not going to convince someone to to trust god with their life if the holy spirit has not prepared that person to do it doesn't mean we shouldn't try doesn't mean we shouldn't talk about the gospel doesn't mean we shouldn't live stream talking about jesus or put it on podcasts or put it on websites <laughs> or have churches but what it does mean is that as christians we need to be perceptive to the people in our life and the people that we rub shoulders with and inquiring of god how can how can I be used to bring your truth to these people? How can, you know, by, by praying for them, by having, you know, directed conversations by, you know, things like that, like just by being open to the people in your life, God may provide opportunities for you to be used in, in helping that person get to this point. Right. And it's, mm-hmm. again, it's not about you. It's about, it's about God working through his people, which is what he does in scripture all the time. Absolutely. Yep. And so it's like one of those things too. It's like, if we, if we begin to start thinking about sin and death, so, so closely, like we, we talked about that we should really want to be used by God in the lives of the people in the lives of people in our life. Mm-hmm. because it's kind of a big deal and there's some serious consequences for everybody. Good consequences or bad consequences, but there's consequences for everyone. And anyways, 
I feel like I've been on my soapbox a lot and I don't know if it's been worth anyone's time. <laughs> it, it does. It has to be the work of the Holy Spirit. And I, I, I think you're right. I think we make our effort and we pray for people and we, we direct the conversations when we have the opportunity to direct those questions or even just ask questions um, of people. But uh, yeah, truly the, the idea of, of it being a free gift and not seeing it as that just is, is, is truly the, one of the, I mean, it is, it's the saddest thing ever. It's just, um, and, 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 and even as I say that, I'm thinking of all the people in my life that don't know that that gift is there for them. And that can become, that can even, that can be a bit overwhelming of thinking about all the people that I want to know about this and accept it. Again, it's God's work and we play a role in that, but it just, it just seems like most of the people that I know, it just seems like there are a lot of people that will never know this, that will never know this truth. And yep, that, that bums me out. So I guess my life, my actions should reflect that. Again, not that it's up to me, but at least I can do my part. Yeah. And it, to your point, yeah. And and I, I don't want to, you know, beat a dead horse here, but as Christians, being open to God's leadings and perceptive to the things around you, that can only be a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's only going to give you it's only going to present you with opportunities to just like love on people and have discussions and meet new people and just see how you can be an impact in their life that reflects God mm-hmm. and his goodness and his grace and his mercy and his love. And then, yeah, his, you know, his judgment when, when, when that, you know, is necessary, but like being perceptive, and willing to be used by God. That should be our, our mission the whole time. Yeah. It's not about who's evangelizing the most, you know, and who (laughs) has, who has the most, you know, salvations, you know, under their name. It's about being faithful to God and what God has called us to do. That looks different for each of us because we have different skill sets and we have different talents and we have different influence and we have different ways of using that influence. Yep. Well, again, it goes back to our earlier discussion about control and outcomes being up to God. It's, it's being faithful to do what we can do and then just know that it's in his hands and not ours. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I think in closing, we'll just read verse 17 and then, and kind of go from there, but it says for if because of Adam's sin, death reigned through Adam, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through that one man, Jesus Christ. And that's just a really good way to sum up our discussion for tonight. I think because of Adam death reigned because of Jesus death reigns no more. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. I mean, case open and closed. Let's go love on some people, you know, Mm -hmm. that was kind of a rough one. I don't know. I feel (laughs) weird about that. It was a rough one. I agree. Feel like I was talking at you a whole lot more than I was talking with you. Sorry. Oh no, that. we're good. We're good. Well, thanks for listening, ladies and germs. Um, if you want to get to the show notes, I don't know how much will actually be in there. This was a pretty like 
Bible focused one. I'll put a link for this book in case, you know, you need to hit somebody <laughs> with something heavy. Um, but we'll have show notes at supermegacorp.net slash masterclass slash one, two, four, as this is the 124th episode. And there you can find links to Dave's Twitter, to my Twitter, to our email, to our Patreon page. If you like what we do here on the network and you want to support us uh, more than just your subscription uh, already does, um, you can go there. If you listen to the show and you haven't subscribed yet, maybe, maybe if we've earned it, click on that subscribe button. And, um, hmm. Anything else, Dave? I think that's it. See, I can't even close the show right, man. My brain is <laughs> broken today. I think you did just fine. Ah, well, I'm glad you're supportive. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening. And, um, we'll be back in two weeks with our next episode. Until then, peace. Bye.